Hello, heroes. Welcome to Modifier. I'm your host, Megan Dornbrock. Hey there, heroes. It has been a hot minute, and this episode is going to get a little into why that is. Tracy Barnett and I recorded an episode about their game Valkyries back in July, but you've never heard it. Why is that, you may be asking? Well, it's because of burnout. This episode is a bit more casual than usual, both in its tone and in its editing. Tracy and I wanted to have a real chat as the friends that we actually are about what burnout is doing in our lives and how we're each navigating that reality. Tracy reflects on their journey with it with Valkyries, and uh, as of this recording, I'm still a bit in the thick of it. We hope this helps you out in identifying or avoiding burnout in your own life, or helps you feel a little less alone if you're struggling with it too. With all of that said, let's get to the show. Welcome, heroes. This week, I am talking to a repeat guest and a wonderful friend, Tracy Barnett. Hello. Hey, Meg. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Um, Better than when we recorded the episode that... uh. I asked you not to air that led to us recording this episode. <laughs> oh, good. That's excellent. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. And yeah, so there um that's that's part of the the recurring guest. You're I think our most frequent guest including that uh episode that's sitting on the shelf right now. Um uh, but just in case anyone hasn't listened to those episodes and is just tuning in for this one, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. So my name is Tracy Barnett. I am a non-binary, uh, genderqueer game designer, and I'm going to list off the stuff that like I do on a regular basis, and then that will that almost serve as a preamble for <laughs> for for this episode. Yeah. So I write and design tabletop role playing games. I have a project that is uh, in the works called Valkyries with Galileo Games. Mm-hmm. I do freelance work for uh, just about anyone uh, who will have me. Uh, that includes uh, translation editing for manga, uh, mm-hmm. game editing, layout, graphic design. Uh, I write my own small games for my Patreon. I run two podcasts, uh, an actual play called Waterdeep for a Few Dragons More, and a world-building podcast with my friend Kate Bowie called Another Blank Page. Um, and... As of right now, I think that's everything that I'm doing. <laughs> okay. That is a lot of things that right. you are doing. I knew I knew about many of those. I didn't know about the manga. That's a surprise to me. Yeah, that it's a freelance gig that I picked up um maybe about a year, year and a half ago. Uh mm-hmm. I'm I am the uh I call it translation editing because that's I mean that's actually what it is. I take the the uh, translation yeah. from Japanese to English and I make the translation sound like native like english in, yeah. yeah correct Very all, cool. all the punctuation and layout it's for a manga series called accomplishments of the duke's daughter where Ooh. a uh an accountant in the real world uh gets hit by a car and gets sucked into the otome game that she is playing yes good all right yeah uh, <laughs> note to self going to go read this uh that's that sounds like entirely my shit thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> Awesome. So, and and this should should then come as no surprise to anyone who listened from the start of the episode, where I no doubt introduced what we're talking about today. But uh, you're you're doing a lot of things, and those things uh, have ultimately 
led to some burnout. 100%. So Meg referenced it when when we started this episode, and I referenced it too, uh, but we did an entire recording, what, back in the summer, I think, sometime yeah. in, in July, about my game Valkyries. Uh, it was originally uh, slated to have been uh, finished by the end of June, I think, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah. uh, to have kickstarted... I mean, right about now-ish, like it, it should have been, it should have been running. Yeah. And I I work a full-time day job uh, in addition to the other stuff that I do. Right. And I got to a point back in late August, early September, where I realized that I was at the edge of what I could handle. Uh, and specifically what, what kind of tipped it over um, through no fault of his own, uh, my editor for... Mm-hmm. The podcast that I do, uh, Rob Abrazado, had to yeah. uh, move on to other other stuff and could no longer edit the podcasts. So right. I was I was faced with a situation where I had this project that I had now asked for extensions on three times. I think. Oh wow! It was due. I had a new deadline of the end of September. Mm-hmm. I had uh, two podcasts, one of which being an actual play. That is, th- those are a lot to edit. I had to get those out. I had freelance work that I picked up to try and bring in extra money because mm-hmm. the sad reality of working in tabletop games is that doing your own work often does not pay yeah. nearly as much as doing freelance work <laughs> for somebody else. Yep. Uh, even if those rates aren't great, it's at least direct money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I literally emailed Galileo Games and I, I told Tim and Brennan that I needed to pull out of Valkyries. I, yeah. I, to, I told them I was done. So on the current draft, which has not really been added to, I had already written uh, 28,000 words mm. on it, um, which is longer than Ionetic Accelerated even was yeah. as a game. Uh, and it's not done yet. Oh. So so I had I had put you know, two-ish years of brainstorming and playtesting and writing into a project and like a project that, that and don't, don't get me wrong, a project that I had come up with with the help of Brian Patterson, my mm-hmm. development partner at Exploding Rogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had pitched to Galileo Games and said, hey, I want to make this game and I want you to publish it. And then I told them that I, I can't some, you know, 24 months later. Yeah. Because it was too much. Um, I was stressing myself out. I was worrying about how I was going to find the time to do everything. Mm-hmm. And I made the very difficult decision to to say that my mental health and uh, my my life outside of working on games needed to take priority. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'll, I, there's 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 more to this story. Um, it mm-hmm. has it has a happy ending, but I'm going to leave it there for now because yeah. I contacted you shortly after that and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, could you not air the episode we recorded about Valkyries?" Because I pulled out of the project. I'm not sure it's going to happen. Yeah, um, and you responded to me to say that, "Hey, maybe we should talk about this topic." So. Yeah. 
what prompted you to <laughs> to 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 say oh that resonates uh let's yeah. talk about let's talk about burnout on modifier <laughs> mm-hmm, yes so we yeah we re-recorded that episode uh in the summer i recorded a couple of episodes in the summer um and what i usually do is i have things just sort of sitting until shortly before the episodes need to go up is is when i leave the editing to for for various reasons and heroes who listen will notice that over this last most of this year honestly i don't think modifier has really kept to its every second thursday or every every two weeks on a thursday schedule um sometimes it'll be on the friday sometimes we'll miss a week entirely uh and as of this episode coming out i don't think we've had anything since right before gen con come out and that is Mm -hmm. For a lot of similar reasons, um, just not having time based on other projects that I'm working on, um, trying to juggle living my not games life, um, and just kind of kind of the dread of it, honestly, of it not being, hmm, of not being not being what I want it to be. Not that any of the yeah. episodes that have gone out have been bad, because I, I, I don't want to frame it like that. I've been happy with with some or most of every episode that has gone up. I, I don't put out anything that, that I'm not happy with that has, that has happened before. Um, so I don't want to cast it in that way in that, Oh, this year's episodes have been bad because they haven't. We've, we've had some really lovely guests on with some really great thoughts and, and projects and um, perspectives. And I've, I've really enjoyed it once they've come out, but it's the process of getting those episodes out that has become unenjoyable Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not even just unenjoyable, just, I, I dread it in fact. Uh, so, so yeah, when, when you asked, when you said, Hey, could you, could you pull the episode or could you shelve it for a while? Um, it had already taken longer than I wanted to, for me to get that episode, uh, you know, into the editing queue and get it out. So I, um, I had a, I had a couple of feelings about that. And I think I, I sent you a message about, you know, oh, I'm, I'm sorry if, if the lateness of the episode contributed to anything. Um, <laughs> and, and it, it hadn't at all. Yeah. Um, which is, which is no. lovely to hear. <laughs> yeah. But, but was definitely part of my reaction was, oh no, I've, I've ruined Tracy's game. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was, that was the opposite of, of the truth. Mm. Like I was relieved that you hadn't put any work in mm. because I was in a position where, where I knew that I had taken your time mm. to record an episode about a game that as of, and again, we'll continue the story in just yeah, a yeah, second, yeah. but like the, it wasn't going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. As far as I knew. Uh, so I, I didn't want either of us to be in the position of you having to pull an episode that had already been published mm. and be like, Oh, Hey, this thing isn't going to happen. So don't get your hopes up, audience. I'm just going to pull the the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that would have felt really weird. And so it, I think I told you at the time that that I had told Galileo Games that I couldn't do it because I was burned out. Mm-hmm. And you said, "Oh, that seems like something yeah. that we could talk about." Absolutely, that's that's something that uh, that I had been talking about uh, with with James and with other, uh, podcast folks, uh, with regard to modifier specifically, is that like this, <laughs> this isn't working as it is right now. I'm not working as it is right now. Um, you know, we need, I want to be putting my energy elsewhere. I, I burnt, I feel burnt out about where modifier is right now. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Uh, cause, cause I think this, if we, 
if we end up talking about like where burnout comes from and yeah. and sort of how we end up in this position, did you ever envision Modifier as a project with an end point? No, which I think is unwise <laughs> going uh-huh. into a project. Uh, and, and that is something that I have realized now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling that might have been the case because I get to feeling that way about the podcasting stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. And and not just that, but when you layer on other projects and other responsibilities mm-hmm. alongside those things, the entire set of stuff, like all of the design and development and promotion and marketing and editing and publishing of whatever it is that you're doing begins to feel like it's never going to stop. Yeah. Even it, it's a, it's a parade of things that some have finite endpoints. Like you can put a game out and be done. You can publish an episode and that work is done, but it's part of a whole that feels interminable. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. Um, and I think, yeah, with, with podcasting in, in particular, it's something that I think we are afraid to put an end date on because so much of it is about building that audience and, mm-hmm. you know, building your, your, your backlog and making sure that you have this, this, this brand, this reputation in the community as doing the thing, uh, that once you stop doing the thing, it's not guaranteed that you can leverage that following into whatever your next thing is. Um, and that's scary. Yeah. No, it it is. It's really scary um, because not only does it potentially provide, you know, the thing that you're doing can potentially provide you with a source of income. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can provide you with attention from people, yeah. which is something that, you know, I don't know about you, but I thrive on attention to a degree. Mm-hmm. And I really like it when people say nice things about the stuff that I've done. Oh, yeah. But it can also tie into your self-worth, right? You can very easily imagine that if you are not getting the work done, that you are less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is definitely a really hard thing to separate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I want to apologize to anyone who's listening because I have a feeling <laughs> that the first part of this episode is going to be a bit of a bummer because... <laughs> When Megan and I talked before we started recording, we agreed that we just wanted to talk about burnout as two friends who are dealing with it. And I think right now we're conversationally in the point where we're both just sort of marinating in those feelings. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's good and necessary and valid. And I would hope if you're listening along and you you have some echo of, of those feelings, that you let yourself acknowledge it because I think one of the more dangerous parts of being burned out, especially in the society and culture we live in is a real strong tendency to not acknowledge it at Mm. all. Yeah. Because we're not supposed to, we're just supposed to keep going. We're supposed to keep doing, we're supposed to be productive and admission, admitting to yourself, or to other people that you can no longer do the thing that you said you were going to do. Mm-hmm. There's this perception that, that again, that it makes you less, that it makes you yeah. not, not worthwhile. 
Yeah. And that is bullshit. <laughs> but it's yeah. hard. To, it's so hard to get around. <laughs> it 100% is. I, I, can I tell you a story? Please. Um, so I have th- this, this thought, this idea that if you are not constantly doing, then you are not, you know, you're not utilizing your time effectively, effectively, then you're, you're useless. Um, so I have a group chat with a couple of, of old online friends from, gosh, we've known each other for like 12, 13 years now. And one of them recommended a, a podcast or a book that she, um, that she was, one, I don't think she'd actually listened to it yet. I think it was one of those, like, I would like to listen to this thing. It seems like a good self-help thing to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and the author actually went to the, um, I worked part-time for a tech company here in the city and they did like that. My office was a stop on their book tour this year too. So like, I was like, oh, all the signs are pointing to, I should read this person's book. And I need to look it up really quick because I actually forget the name of it, but it's about the, um, Oh, what is it? Side hustle. Mm-hmm. He does. They. The, it's it's the guy who does side hustle school, and I forget what the book is called exactly. But I thought, okay, all the signs are pointing to I should listen to this. So I listened to the audio book while I was doing whatever I was doing, and it all boils down to the advice is like, hey, do you not like your job? Do you not like your nine to five? You've got all this time at home. You should be maximizing. You should be doing a hustle when you're at home, like at least a half an hour a day, maybe more just find a need, just do something, just like sell stuff on eBay, just do, I don't know. It was, it was very like, it was very stressful just listening to the book and and imagining uh, do, living this life. As you explained that my head slowly started to sink down <laughs> until it was resting on my spit guard in front of my microphone. Yeah. And I've just, I've got my head down and my hands clasped in front of me. Like yeah. <laughs> that entire idea made me feel tired. Yeah, and it's it's just I am in awe now that I'm I'm sitting able to sit back and see how pervasive it is that it was a subject in my casual friend chat. It was a subject at my place of work. It's mm-hmm. it's everywhere. There is no relief from this idea that everything must be the hustle 24/7. And like I I think I knew in the back of my mind that I was going to get to this point conversationally and I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to like pull back this shit curtain and reveal why we feel that way. And I think it will come as no surprise to you that the answer is mm-hmm. goddamn capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> like top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I was talking about this because Kate and I recorded uh, the first episode of another blank page today for the first mm-hmm. time in a while. Cause I've been. I need to to say, no, I can't do this because I have to finish this project. I have to write on so I can get paid money. Yeah. And she outlined for me that whole thing that I said that like capitalism makes you feel like if you're not being productive, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. And that idea that you just outlined about the side hustle, I think it holds validity up until the point that you tie it into monetary gain. Like it is good and valid to have something that fulfills you outside of your day job. Of course, like that, that idea Mm -hmm. makes sense Mm -hmm. because your day job is not you. Mm -hmm. It should not define your existence for all that we spend, you know, a a good third of our week or more working at it. Yeah. Yeah. There should be things in your life that are not that, that you get to do that give you fulfillment. But, and this is, 
this is really, it, it, it's going to sound almost hypocritical for me to say this, given that the thing that I love to do, the things that I love to do that fulfill me, mm-hmm. I by and large try to monetize. Um, mm-hmm. But like game design is that thing for me. Podcasting yeah. is can be that thing for me. But when I'm in a position where my day job though I enjoy quite a bit of it, is not providing the financial compensation that I need to live my life, suddenly the siren song of capitalism says, oh, hey, you can make money by doing this shit that you know how to do. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I know, I'm tweeting things out and trying to get layout jobs. and, And there's nothing inherently wrong with that necessarily, but it can turn into a really vicious cycle if you don't watch yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you can quickly come to hate doing the things that you used to love to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really, really, it's really easy to get caught up in that. And I know, like mm-hmm. the project that I'm working on right now, is my stretch goal for the uh, Sentinels Comics Kickstarter. Um, yeah, I have to wrap it up tomorrow so I can get paid. Like that is mm-hmm. the length and breadth of it. We need the money. I need to get paid. But I spent a good month and a half as I was working through these feelings of burnout regarding Valkyries going, Oh fuck, I can't work on this. Yeah. I can't work on this either because I don't know the, any number of like reasons I would come up Mm -hmm. with like, Oh, I I don't like writing adventures. I can't fill out the format. Right. Yeah. Uh, There are too many little details to do. Oh, I hate writing when I have to use editing tags in my text, like whatever it was, it was just this wall of don't wanna mm-hmm. that got built up in my head and it along with it came feelings of dread and feelings that I'm not good enough and except that this one didn't have an escape valve cuz like it's a contractually obligated thing that I'm getting paid for directly it's not yeah. a game that I've pitched that will lead into a kickstarter that will hopefully do well so on mm-hmm. and so forth and there's nothing wrong with how I have Valkyrie set up with Galileo games but I could without damaging any direct compensation say no i can't do this whereas freelance gigs don't really have a safety valve like that the safety valve is getting the work done which made me feel really icky even just saying that (laughs) yeah it it is true though (laughs) yeah it Uh, is um that's that's the only way out is through (laughs) and 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 so i think that like we know we both got burned out mm-hmm. and we, we both know why we got burned out. Mm-hmm. Um, I told Galileo games that I can't do the project anymore. That's, that's how I responded to right. the burnout and knowing that that's a possibility is going to inform how I take on future work. I hope mm-hmm. because yeah. I have a better sense of where my edges are and when I can push myself past them and when I need to stay firmly inside of them. Yeah. How did, like, what did you do in response to the burnout that you described for Modifier? Yeah. So the burnout that I am experiencing has definitely is, is partly about Modifier and is partly about, um, I do a lot of art. Mm -hmm. um, So it's related to that too. So I am still kind of navigating my way through how to deal with both of those things. Um, so part of part of what I'm working on is kind of the plan for modifier moving forward. So this is 
almost definitely going to be the last episode of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, while we go on a little bit of a hiatus, uh, so that I can kind of regroup and refocus on what I want this show to be and what I want it to be doing in our community. Um, and that kind of is going to involve me reconnecting with a lot of parts of the community that I've just sort of checked out on in my can't, don't, <laughs> mm -hmm. gonna, gonna just ghost everything. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been handling it uh up until recently kind of badly just by just just not doing things um yep. has been my response. <laughs> and I yeah, that's that sucks. That sucks for me and that sucks for everybody that it affects. Um so so yeah, so modifier's going to going to go on a little pause while I talk to everyone that I need to talk to about it. And and uh, while I also hopefully it's been kind of a, a running joke now. It's taken so long. Um, I, I really want to be focusing some of this energy on getting Thetis off the ground. Mm -hmm. um, so so my, my podcasting spoons will be occupied elsewhere, I think, for a bit. Um, and, then, and then I've got to sort out the art stuff because um, we had – I had Taylor on at the beginning of the year to talk about 13 Demon Princes, uh, mm -hmm. a, a fantastic LARP based on uh, Singularity. And that is delayed because of me. Um, mm. And that is something that needs my attention more than more than other things right now. So, um, yeah, I'm in the middle of figuring out the plan. But but knowing that other people and especially really good friends are dealing with the same thing and are finding ways out and are surviving finding ways out is... Um, is really good and helpful and I am appreciating hearing it. So I hope other people are too. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad because I think the, the reality is that there are a lot of things that we choose to do or choose to engage with that can suddenly feel like they're carved in stone. Mm -hmm. Um, that will be, this is hyperbolic, but hated or reviled or we'll lose our friends, we'll yeah. lose our professional connections, we'll lose our our cachet in the industry yeah. that we'll just we'll lose. Mm -hmm. That we'll be losers. Yeah. If we stop doing the things that we originally chose to start doing. Yeah. And my experience with Valkyries has told me that that is actually the opposite of the case yeah um so when i here's the here's the conclusion of the story i've been teasing it for 20 minutes <laughs> um i emailed tim and brennan i told them i can't and they responded and said that's okay let us know when you can oh and yay <laughs> and i i did not i was not even in a space where i could have suggested that course of action myself. Yeah. Right. I was so far at the end of my rope that all I could do was stop. Yeah. All that's the only solution I had. And when they came back with it's all right, we believe in you and what you're doing. Let us know when you can mm. do it. Like that I'm getting misty yeah. over here. Like that was that kind of validation is the kind of thing that we think just doesn't exist, mm -hmm. really. Like, we assume that we say we can't and we're just going to get dropped. And yeah, 
some people are just assholes yeah. and some people will respond poorly if you tell mm-hmm. them that. They're the minority, I I think, and I hope, God, I hope for this for yeah. anyone's life. Um, but I've been very public about what where Valkyries is and where it's going to go in the future. Um, I wrote a big old thread about it on Twitter uh, back in September, yeah. and I didn't have a single person tell me that I was bad or wrong or or awful for for not continuing it. Good. Um, yeah. So instead of dropping a project that I've in one form or another spent two Mm. years on, uh, I get to approach it in my own time. Good. And with no deadlines, just the knowledge that on the other side of my finishing it, whenever that Mm -hmm. happens, there's a publisher who is still waiting for me to... For, they're ready to help me put it into the world still. And that's amazing. Yeah. And if I can venture a guess about your audience, I have a feeling that, you know, the people who listen to Modifier are, are still going to be yeah. around after the yeah, hiatus. I think so. When, when, whenever it happens, it doesn't, it doesn't matter when you bring it back. People be it, parasocially or actual friendship wise care about you. Yeah. I I think that's true. I think um you're you're mentioning that, you know, how how you laid out what your plans are and not getting those negative responses. I I haven't either. I haven't had anybody come and ask, "Hey, where where is it? We haven't seen it. What's you know, why aren't you doing this? Why didn't you give me the thing that you said?" Um cuz mm-hmm. cuz those are all the interactions that we I feel like we see on on the internet and we, we get worried about for ourselves. And, and honestly, even, even in the most other complete opposite direction, um, somebody at Metatopia asked, was hoping Thetis was still coming out, which is cool that, that people are, are still excited and still patiently waiting for something that hasn't even started yet. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't know, sometimes nerds are good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and people are too. And, it also reminds me, have, if, I'm sure you've seen this advice before on, on the internet and elsewhere, but to treat yourself like you would treat a friend. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Which I think is, at least in to me, uh, I think that's part of why we can't imagine sending an email to a publisher and having them be so patient and understanding because we can't do that for ourselves a lot of the time. Although we would mm-hmm. do it in a heartbeat for a friend, you know, it's... It's it's unthinkable that someone would do that for us, but but they did, and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so has your audience, and so have the people that that you you know put this this show out yeah. for. That's nice. It is. It is nice. <laughs> people people are nice. That's a, I like this as a takeaway. People are nice. Actually, mm-hmm. um, can I ask how? Did you, like, how were you able to recognize that burnout was the thing that was happening? And I guess not even like move forward from there, but just know that that's the place you were in. Uh, so I've I've had a, a pattern for a, a while mm-hmm. in my creative life where I begin doing something because I assume that I can do it. Mm-hmm. And I continue to do it. 
until it reaches a point where I realize that I not only don't know quite what I'm doing, but I have not known quite what I was doing for so long that I need help. And so that's a pattern I've identified and okay. I, I have worked to, um, not engage that pattern if at all possible, right? Mm -hmm. Like to, to try and not take on new projects to try and not make new, make new responsibilities for myself, except that I can handle them. And I've been getting better and better about that. But when it came to Valkyries, I was just feeling so much stress and I was avoiding doing any work on anything. Mm -hmm. Like even my podcast of stuff that is unrelated to writing, yeah. right? It affected yeah. everything. Like yeah. I didn't want to do my laundry, you know, mm -hmm. it was, it was boiling out to everything. And there was a, a moment where I was sitting and I was sort of trying to sit with these problems and figure out what was going on. Cause I try and be self-analytical and I was trying to sort through it and just let sort of what feelings I had and what thoughts I had just sort of show up so I could engage with them. Mm -hmm. And I remember going, I just feel so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and a little voice in the back of my head said, you feel burned out? And I was like, oh, <laughs> you see that phrase used a lot, right? Yeah. People toss it around online, how to avoid burnout, the 10 best ways to avoid burnout, what mm -hmm. you can do to make sure that you don't get burned out on your next project. Mm -hmm. And I'd never really applied it to myself before, but I thought about it and I was like, no, it, I think I might've even been, been, have been afraid to acknowledge it before, but I went, no, I'm, I'm, I'm burned out. Yeah. I'm at the, I'm at the end of, of me right now. Because there was other stuff going on in life too. And I had to give my energy to so many different places. And I did some, especially given that I, I do feel compelled to spend a decent amount of what would be free time working on freelance work that pays. Mm. I sort of looked at what work I was doing that could directly bring money in. And that's a very mercenary calculation. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a sucky one to feel like you have to make or to, or to think that this is the, the way forward, but it helped me get around everything. And I realized that Valkyries was a thing that when there's, there's a lot of, a lot of ifs in the capitalistic calculus of Valkyries. I finished the game. I submitted it to Galileo Games. They set up the Kickstarter. So the Kickstarter then has to fund. Mm. That's that's a thing that is not guaranteed. Yeah. I feel feel like it would. I, I feel positively yeah. about the idea. I know Galileo Games knows how to run a Kickstarter. I wouldn't have entered into a business relationship with them if I didn't. Mm -hmm. It's still a question mark. So I that has to happen. I then would get paid for the words that I wrote for Valkyries. But that is an unknown that is an indeterminate amount of time away. Right. So there's no there's no direct correlation with output of effort in writing words 
to I get paid money like yeah. there is with, with direct freelance work. Then what really made me tired, what really sort of sunk at home, I was like, because I face this with Ironetta Accelerated right now is, okay, the Kickstarter was successful. Mm-hmm. I got paid for writing the game. I also get royalties on the sales of the game. That's cool. But who's promoting the game? How much mm. do I have to hustle yeah. to make this game a, a present thing in the world that people want to engage with? And I went, oh, God, I'm going to need to run it at conventions. Yep. I'm going to need to show it on Twitter. Yep. I'm going to need to run actual plays of it on Twitch. I'm going to need to. I'm going to need to. I'm going to need to. I'm yep. going to need to. Just stacking up and up and up. And that's what tipped me over, actually. I was like, right now, I don't think that I can gamble. I can't wager my energy now yeah, and my time now against a potential payoff that may never happen. Especially because RPGs are such a small industry mm-hmm. and the payoffs are very tiny comparative to other forms of entertainment media. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't grapple with that reality. And so I said, I'm done. Yeah. And again, circle back around to what we were talking about before. None of this would be a concern if capitalism wasn't a thing, right? I could just <laughs> yeah. make a game. I could just make a game and I could say, here it is. And if you want to play it, play it. If you don't, don't. I made it because I want to and that's it. Mm-hmm. But there is potentially like there, my, portions of my career are tied up in this. Yeah. Like that's a weighty thing. So I don't even remember what you originally asked <laughs> me to get around to all of this. No, I I, but... I think you, you got there. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. It just, it, it was that, Oh, how do I, I how did I identify that I was burned yeah. out? That's right. You, you you've um, got a helpful voice. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I've cultivated one yeah. because I didn't used to have this. Uh, when I first started designing games and I did school days and I did one shot and I did war of metal and bone. Yeah. Uh, I kickstarted all those things cause I just assumed that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I did print runs of war of metal and bone and the novel speeds daughter because I assumed that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, I had piles of books sitting in my basement for both of those games because turns out I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know how to sell those things. Right. And that's, that's a legacy that sits with you. So when you think about how to do stuff in the future and you're like, well, where's my time and energy best spent? Is it best spent in learning how to do the business side of things, the shipping and the logistics and the marketing and, and all, or am I better learning how to be a game designer? Ooh, layout is cool too. I could, I could learn to do that. Like, <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there, and there are some things that I, that I think, I think everyone has to face these things. There are areas where you can pour time and effort in, Mm-hmm. And you can get gains back, like we're weightlifting, right? You can get gains <laughs> uh, really quickly. Right. You know, you can see a lot of immediate improved growth. The business side of stuff is not that area yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, we'll work with a publisher. It'll be great. Um, and then, you know, the game is out there and it's just out there. And I, you know, I'm left in a similar position to when I publish my own stuff, except the books aren't sitting in my basement. Right. They're, they're sitting on someone else's, <laughs> you know, and that's, Only that's nothing slightly I, better. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing against the, 
you know, the, the, the publishers of, uh, Ironet Accelerated at all, mm-hmm. it's tough out there. Like yeah. to have a foothold in the industry, you have to keep making new things and to promote something that it doesn't immediately catch fire often seems like throwing good effort after bad. Yeah. You know, so to, to think about doing that again at the time with Valkyries mm-hmm. was like, if you ever, do you ever read the crucible? way back yeah yeah so so you know about the way that they that they they killed the people by pressing them just yep. putting more and more rocks on them until they just pulped mm-hmm. it felt it felt like asking someone to do that to me yeah and i was like wait a second wait i don't i don't have to ask people to put rocks on me i, I don't have to do that no yeah how about how about i don't do that <laughs> how, how about i just say no to the rocks yeah Instead of, yeah, more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. How about you? How'd you, how, how'd it settle on? Mm. How, when, when did you like use the dreaded B word? I think it's been something that, uh, so I, I talk about this stuff uh, on and off with my husband, Dan, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, he'll come home and say, well, what did you do today? And And a lot of times my answer is, like nothing or, um, you know, uh, or, or I, I downplay whatever I, I did manage to get done. Um, and so we will, we'll, we'll have these talks about like, well, well, why didn't you do X? You know, like what, not in a, in a, why didn't you do this? But in a, you know, what, what prevented you from starting this or from working on this? Yeah. To, um, to, to analyze and break down and try yeah. and approach a problem from a rational standpoint. Yeah. Which is really helpful. Um, and you know, the, the times that I actually allow him to be <laughs> helpful, sometimes you don't mm-hmm. want to hear it. Um, but it's, it's helpful to have that outside voice constantly saying the things that you, um, and, and constantly asking you to evaluate, um, what you're doing and what's going on. Uh, so I think it's, I don't know if, if either one of us, well, I'm sure one of us had, had actually said it at some point. Um, but kind of slowly coming to that realization through, through those conversations is, is kind of what got me there. So I would, hmm, I, I kind of want to have some like helpful, actionable advice for heroes who are listening. And I think that that one of those two methods, either sitting down with just yourself and having that, you know, if, if you're able to do that, to kind of have that inward honesty and, and look at what's, what you're doing and what's going on, um, you know, free of distraction and free of, of, of whatever other complications are happening. If you can sit down and do that by yourself, or if you can sit down and do that with a loved one, mm-hmm. um, I think is going to be the first step to kind of, identifying if that is your situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh I think that's really good being able to have that internal dialogue or external dialogue mm-hmm. to to figure out what's stopping you if you have things that you had intended or or pledged to do. Yeah. How yeah. do you think how do you think you're going to avoid getting to this point in the future? That's a really good question because I know this isn't the first time I've been here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sucks. <laughs> yeah. 
welcome, welcome to Burnout Station. We have yeah, your chair waiting for you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I, I, I know that I've I've tried different things before. Um, I am the person that every new type of planner and journal is marketed towards because mm-hmm. surely a tool or an app or a book is going to change the way that I function. Um, it hasn't yet. <laughs> I've tried them all. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I think that as this is difficult for me to do based just what my personality is and, and how I've been so far, but I think continuing to have these conversations with Dan, um, and having like, we're, we're trying, we've just recently started doing, um, like having a weekly check-in kind of as, mm-hmm. as, as though I have an editor to report to. Um, right. and he's been given permission to be on my ass about it. You know, um, he's not a mean person at all. So this is, this is difficult for him. Uh, cause he just wants me to be happy. Uh, so him being like, what did you do this week? Show me what you did is, is very difficult. Um, but mm-hmm. he's trying, so I'm trying. Um, <laughs> But we're we're the kind of of people that have, you know, we've we've done check ins just in in just our life with each other. We're we're kind of always touching base about things. So this is just an extension of that, um, with very clear rules uh, and and deadlines. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that's that's what I'm going to be work- trying to do right now, and see if that can help get me into a a space. Um, what about you? Um, so it's, it's partially that, uh, I don't have that kind of setup with my partner Mm -hmm. necessarily, but Mm -hmm. what I can and often do is, uh, simulate conversations down the road. Mm. And so now, uh, it can be very useful to do that. It can also be very detrimental if I'm having a fight with my fictional partner in my head. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so try not to use it for that. But, uh, if I am thinking about a project because, oh my God, I get so excited when a new project starts. Yeah. It is, it is such good energy for me or it feels good at least. And I feel like anything is possible and I'm very future brained. I can, I like start road mapping things and here's how this is going to go. And I can publish on dates X, Y, and Z and I can have what, you know, Q number of words written by, by then or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So I'm trying to be better now about letting that wave of energy sort of wash over me and to think mm. all those lovely thoughts and then to go, okay, six months from now, three months from now, are you going to be having a conversation with Elissa about how it was great when the project started, but you need to help, you need to find help now. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, cool. That's a good check-in with myself. Yeah. Hey, maybe don't. Right. Um, the other thing, and this is, this is a very challenging question to consider is, and I, I'm, I'm just now asking it to myself and it is a, it's a pointed thing to think about. If I didn't do this, this new project, or even if I didn't do all of the things that I'm doing now, mm-hmm. would I be okay with me? Oh, I like that. It's a tough one. Yeah. 
because so much of my identity, my self-identity gets wrapped up in being the person who does these things. Mm -hmm. And right now, if I'm being painfully honest, I would have to say that I wouldn't feel okay with myself 100% Yeah. if I stopped doing all of this. So the question then, or the exercise becomes, um, if I pair something back, if I say I can't do Valkyries, mm-hmm. take the emotional impact of that, which was a pretty big impact, and then think about whether I'm okay with myself. And I was. Say, okay, cool. That's that's great. That means yeah. that I don't, uh, my identity is not tied up in that thing. Wonderful. Mm. If I stop doing the podcasts. Yeah. If if they need to go on hiatus or I just if I just didn't anymore, would I be okay with me? And I think, okay, I, I don't want to stop doing them, but I, I would I wouldn't hate myself. Yeah. You know? Okay, yeah. that well that's that's great. <laughs> you know, if I stop doing this other, you know, the the other the freelance work. Okay, no, I would definitely feel bad about myself if I stopped doing that primarily because it brings in money for us. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's something you need to keep around then. Yeah. You know, like doing that kind of analysis and seeing where you think you would feel about yourself. And I'm just working this out kind of live right now. I, yeah, I yeah. This is not, not a set of thoughts that I've really processed this deeply before. Yeah. Um, But doing that kind of analysis, I think, can be helpful because it's okay for the answer to be, no, I need to, to do the work for the money. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if the answer is, I want to do this work because it makes me feel good when people pay attention to me. But you also have to be aware of the pitfalls that that lay there within. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't let that be everything. No. But it's it's okay to do things for what you may perceive to be as selfish reasons. Yeah. As long as that's not the whole of who you are. Like, yeah. if you can draw a line and be like, no, I, I, I'm, I, I can... I can still be comfortable with myself at the end of the day if I'm just me in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you in the world is a person who makes things, cool. That's awesome. Like, pair yourself back until you figure out what you need because we pick up a lot of extra stuff along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. I I like the way you took this um, and, and where you took it just then because I, it got me thinking of um, the Marie Kondo book about mm-hmm. tidying up. Yes. Which, which I love. Um, and she talks about, uh, early on about thinking about who you are, uh, and what kind of, uh, life you want to be living specifically. Mm-hmm. And then really everything you do from there, every, every item that you are picking up and looking at and, and deciding if it's joyful or not, uh, you're looking at it also in, does this belong to that person? Does this, mm-hmm. does this serve? that life that I want to be living. And I think absolutely you can do the same thing with all of these tasks that we pick up mm-hmm. or, or obligations that we, we wrap ourselves up in. Like, does this project serve my goal of becoming an animator or does it, you know, it, it even, even that it makes enough money for me to pay rent next month is, is good enough. But, uh, mm-hmm. but Yeah. T- taking a look at all of your all of your intangibles in that way too, I think, is totally valid <laughs> and very helpful. Yeah, um, it's 
Because I, I think that we tend to think of the things in our lives as physical things, mm-hmm. but they very much can be intangible things as well. They can be ideals or dreams or plans or goals yeah. or the time we spend working on a project. And that level of self-analysis can be uncomfortable because because yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I really, really love the idea of being the person who can do it all. Yeah. Like that, that was that in, in terms of game publishing, I didn't realize it for a while, but that was one of my goals, right? Mm-hmm. From the, from the moment I worked with Daniel Salas to do the layout on school days, I saw a person who could design games. Yeah. Who could revise games and who could uh, do the graphical layout mm-hmm. for his titles. Um, John Harper is another person mm. that, that does that. Um, uh, D. Pennyway, who did mnemonic. I, I see her online and I'm like, oh my God. Like, but I've worked to also become that person. That's important to me. I yeah. want to be the the full package. Mm-hmm. Right. But that doesn't mean that I can do it all the time. That doesn't mean that I yeah. have unlimited resources to put into doing that. Um, good Lord, if Valkyries were just my project, it would never get finished. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's no way that I can do the kind of layout that's required for that game. Yeah. It's going to be wild. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, a great and very seductive idea to be the person who can do it all. Mm-hmm. But your own limitations, they are what they are. And you can get better at things. You can push and grow. It's like exercise, right? right? If you if you are disciplined and you write more often or you draw more often or do layout more often, you're going to get better at it. Mm-hmm. But everyone has a point that they hit where that's just who they are and what they can do. Yep. And it sucks to face that because we're told we're exceptional. We're mm-hmm. told we're amazing and we can do anything. Mm-hmm. In theory, <laughs> sure. In practice, it's it's a lot of running into walls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's a distinction. We can do anything. We just can't do everything. Mm-hmm. So, oh, man. And I, I one of the... One of the things that I've kind of learned over the last few years, too, working especially in creative spaces is, yeah, it's it's very, it's very enticing to be that person who can do it all. But a lot of your favorite things and my favorite things and Hero's favorite things are a team effort and they are better for it. Mm-hmm. And just kind of being able to to remember that fact and, and hold it in conjunction with all of the other feelings that I may be feeling is difficult sometimes, but it is, it is a nice thing to remember that, that yeah, team having help (laughs) is going to make you better and is going to make your thing better. And is it's, it's just better. (laughs) Yeah. And I I know that we keep like brushing up against platitudes Mm -hmm. for this stuff because Frankly, people talk about this stuff online a lot, but the practical application of it is really, really hard. But what it comes down to for me is that there's only one of me. 
Yeah. There's, o- there's only so much time I can spend. Mm-hmm. There's only so much energy I can give. And, and it's, it's a moment to moment set of decisions that let me be cognizant of that. Like when the alarm went off at seven thirty this morning mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I, I should write that word should, <laughs> I should get up and start writing because I have to record two podcasts today mm-hmm. and you know, thing and thing and thing. And I went, you know what? I feel really tired right now. I'm going to sleep for another hour and change. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to get up because I will be better equipped to do what I need to do if I sleep rather than if I push myself. Yeah. And it's little things like that, that are really important to make sure that you're not running headlong into burnout mm-hmm. because the word, the word should is a dangerous one. Yeah. It absolutely is. Man. <laughs> I I wish we had a, a foolproof solution for you heroes. Um, but there is. There's I, not. There's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah. And hopefully us, us working through some of this and, and having, I think, similar but still very different reactions and approaches is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, and, and you mentioned, you know, not doing things alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to thank you for hmm. giving me this opportunity to talk through some of my burnout and for you being open to talking through yours because yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel better at the end of this conversation than I did at the start of it. Yeah. You know, not, not, I didn't feel bad thinking I was going to get to talk to you today, but like, I feel a little more self-actualized than I was, you know, when I woke up this morning. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. And, and honestly, maybe that's the takeaway is just talk to people, honestly, whether it's a Mm -hmm. therapist or not, or a, or a friend or a stranger in your discord, just whatever, (laughs) however you can get it out, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. And if and you find that you're getting responses back from those conversations that are, you can do it or, you know, well, just yeah. get the work done and you'll be fine. Nah, it's okay if those aren't good responses for you. Yeah. Like, you know, you, it's okay. It's okay to just be you. It's okay to acknowledge yeah. your limitations. It's okay to, to push against them when you can, but if you can't, you're not lesser because of it you're just you and that's always enough and anyone who tells you otherwise is not your hero Mm. and if i may put it bluntly they can go (laughs) fuck themselves yep hard agree (laughs) (laughs) and i i would just want to give a a little shout out to to john adamus on twitter because he's one of the people that has told lots of others including me and i see him doing this on the regular just reminding folks that your your output and your work is not your value. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. So if you if you can't get it anywhere else, go find Awesome John <laughs> and mm-hmm. he'll tell you that you are worth much more than your output. And find me on Twitter. I'll tell you the same thing. Like Yeah. It's okay. It you're you're okay. And I know that that sounds that's really easy for me to say here, but I know that you being okay hero is tied up in everything else that's going on in your life. 
It's not, it's not a, a statement yeah. in a vacuum and we derive self-worth or lack thereof from so many different places. I will always hope for anyone listening to this, that they can find it wherever they need to in ways that are sustainable and healthy and that yeah. you're not selling yourself out to try and feel better about things because you'll end up having a conversation with a friend about being burned out <laughs> and needing to pull away from things. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's not a place that, that you necessarily want to be like, yeah, may maybe not more than once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Is, is there anything else that you would like to, to leave us with or um, touch on? I think we've covered everything that I really wanted to talk about today. And I'm yeah. going to do the opposite of, of what you should do when you're on mm -hmm. a podcast. I'm not going to plug anything. <laughs> Go find me if you want. It's okay. I'm not going to tell you to buy my stuff. I'm not going <laughs> to, if right yeah. now it feels like a little bit too much effort, so I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll do it just a little bit because Ironetta is on the main one shot podcast feed, uh, right now. So yeah. possibly still when this episode comes out, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> no promises. Um, thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Meg. I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I I really appreciate you doing this. This was this was cool and good. Yeah. Huge thanks again to Tracy for chatting with me this week and thank you heroes for hanging with us and rolling with this slight departure from our regular programming. Since recording this chat with Tracy, I did record a modifier episode scheduled for early-ish 2020 that I am so excited about and I'm looking forward to sharing with you. Until then, at least, we'll be on hiatus, so have a wonderful rest of the year, happy all of the holidays, get some rest, and we will see you soon. Thanks. That's all for this week, heroes. Follow Modifier on Twitter at Modifier Podcast, or send us questions, comments, and suggestions through email at modifierpodcast at gmail.com. Modifier is part of the OneShot Podcast Network, an incredible family of RPG podcasts, including shows like this one. The most fun way to learn about new games is to listen to them get played. Every week on OneShot, James D'Amato brings you actual play recordings with a talented cast of improvisers, game designers, and other notable nerds. Each month features a new group trying a new system, exploring a wide variety of genres. The stories are self-contained, so you can jump in anywhere, and it's a great way to discover new games. Discover the magic of RPGs with OneShot on your favorite podcast app. To find out more about this and other shows on the network, visit OneShotPodcast.com. Modifier's theme music was created by my favorite Bothan, Cat Greenfield, whose myriad talents are on display at CatGreenfield.com. Join me again in two weeks for another episode of Modifier. See you then.